Welcome to Any Way You Want It. I'm your host, Kaylin McDuff. I'm an LA-based coach for women who want to create lives based on desire. Here on the show, we like to have real conversations about sex, relationships, and life through talks with everyday people, experts, friends, and everything in between, I give you a plethora of options, different relationship models, new mindsets, perspectives, and paradigms. Listen for what sounds interesting to you and follow that. This is just the beginning of you having a life designed entirely from the specificity of your desire. Hi, everybody, and welcome back uh, to another episode of Any Way You Want It. Um, I am joined here today uh, by my friend, Claudia Whitney, um, who is here to share a deeply vulnerable, deeply personal um, story with us today. Thank you so much for being here, Claudia. Thank you for having me. My oh. girl crush. I get to come on to my girl crush show. <laughs> You're here. I'm here. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, um, so I want to share a little bit of um of just about who you are, Claudia, with people and and you know who you are in the world and who you are to me. And then I'll I'll share with everybody sort of the conversation that that we talked about having today. Um, so for my listeners to know, um, Claudia is a transformational life coach for women. She is also a hypnotherapist, a yoga and meditation teacher, and an NLP and EFT practitioner. What does EFT stand for? Emotional freedom technique. It's the tapping. Oh, tapping. Okay. Amazing. See, I'm learning new things about you and we're already, we're only one minute into this episode. <laughs> so this is amazing. Um, and so as you, as you can hear, Claudia is a woman of many talents. Um, and you know, who you are to me, Claudia, um, you know, I, I'm so grateful. We have just recently, I think, you know, sort of be, become sisters and started building, you know, a relationship that, that exists beyond like, you know, this bigger group of sisterhood that, that we have. And, um, the thing that has always struck me the most about you is you are just this calm, peaceful presence. And then you have this gorgeous dark side, which, you know, I love that. And I see, I'm like, who is this woman? That's just like a breath of fresh air. And then she has these wildly cool tattoos and she's a mom. And it's like, there's just so many layers to you. Um, and I'm, I'm excited to see like how those come out in the show today. <laughs> I'll bring my light. I'll bring my dark. <laughs> yes. Amazing. Well, um, so I, uh, I want to let people into, you know, the, the conversation that, that you and I had recently, we were, um, we were on a hike and, um, and you know, you, one of the other things I appreciate about you is that you just bear your soul. You're so generous with what you share and just what you contribute. And, um, and so you told me, um, the story about, you know, learning in your mid twenties that your dad, the dad that had raised you was not your biological father. Um, and then also learning, you know, the bigger, the bigger story about your mom being raped and that being how she got pregnant with you. And so I know this is, um, so, so for my listeners, you know, we're really here to, um, unpack that story today and, um, you know, I'm, I'm honored to be in this space with Claudia because this is the first time that, that Claudia is really sharing this story on, you know, on any sort of a, any sort of a scale. Right. And, and I know that it, it, you only recently started sharing it in general, right. 
Um, and, um, and I think it's so important to have conversations like this, um, with topics that, you know, people, people just aren't talking about things like this, I think in the world. And I really want to, you know, create a space where we can have conversations like this. So thank you for, for being here, Claudia. Thank you so much for opening up this space and for just being curious and for, yeah, bringing things like this to the, to the world. So I appreciate you. Mm, thank you. Well, so um, let's maybe just backtrack a little bit to your childhood. So I know like you learned in your mid twenties, oh, wait, this dad isn't my biological dad. Um, so do you want to share just, you know, sort of, you know, a little bit about what your childhood was like, what your experience of, you know, who you thought your father was and, you know, anything that you want to share about sort of your early childhood life? Yeah. So growing up, I always felt like there was something like something was off. There was something about me and maybe all kids feel this way at some point, you know, like was I adopted, you know, mm -hmm. um, I definitely had that, that feeling. And I remember finding, um, like little journals and stuff where I had, I'd written things like, um, you know, hating my mom or, you know, I would, I remember being like seven years old, younger, a little older saying things like, why did you have me? I know you didn't want to have, have me. And I don't know if it was something I overheard or if it was actually something I felt. And I think it was more something I felt. I think I was very mm. intuitive at a young, young age and, um, just felt like I understood um, that something was up. It didn't feel, something didn't feel right. Um, you know, there were things like, felt like I was uh, treated a little bit differently. Um, I have a sister, she's four years younger than me. And my dad that raised me, my dad, um, is her biological father. And I always felt like we were treated a little bit, you know, differently. And, and again, this might be in my head as a kid, I could be telling the story yeah. if nothing happened. Right. Right. And, and so, um, you know, we go to family gatherings and like, even though my mom is Jordanian, so she's, you know, Arabic, she looks Middle Eastern. Um, mm -hmm. I, and we look alike. I, in the summertime, I tend to get like really dark skin. So we would go to like family reunions and things. And I was like the only one that looked like me. Right. Everybody's very white and, you know, Caucasian and, and, uh, you know, from, from here. And so there was that, you know, just so always feeling a little bit different and, um, growing up, I, again, just, I never thought that the father that was raising me wasn't my father. Um, mm -hmm. I just knew I would, I felt like I was treated differently. I looked differently. Um, I didn't feel like my mom loved me. Um, you know, now that I'm older, I know that she did, but I'm just saying as I was growing up. So these were just little, little things. We didn't, yeah. we didn't have the, we fought a lot and things like that, you know? Mm -hmm. Wow. Just the, but I, you know, I think the thing I just want to really point to is the, your sort of sense or realization around the feeling of it. Mm. You know, because it's like, there's, it's one thing to be like, oh, hmm, my skin looks a little bit different. Yeah. Right. And then to also just have sort of a knowing, right, about how you were brought into the world. That is, um, it's so powerful. And I can imagine the experience as a kid being like, am I crazy? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And when I got a little bit older, it was like, um, I remember probably watching like a talk show, like some cheesy yeah. talk show, Donahue or something. And, you know, someone got a DNA test. And I remember, you know, I think when I was around 18, I asked my mom, I was like, is that my dad? Like, I was trying to just like, what, something happened. And she said, he's your dad. You're crazy. What are you talking about? And then that was like, I was around 18. And then my mid twenties, I asked again, but that was after I saw the, the Donahue show or something. And I was like, 
mom, I just said, I'm, I'm getting a DNA test. I didn't even know how I was going to do it. I didn't even really know what it entailed. <laughs> I just remember saying, wow. I, was li- I was living in New York at the time. And I just called her one day and said, I'm just, I'm going to get one. And then she was very quiet. And I said, okay, I think there's something you need to tell me. I'm I'll call you tonight. I'll give you the day. And then tonight I'll call you and let's have like a real honest conversation. And I hung up and then I knew something that's going to be told a secret that night. Yeah. Wow. And what were the, uh, sort of pieces like if, you know, cause I imagine, right. Having this experience as a kid and then as a teenager, but then also like your early twenties, you, you fundamentally sort of become a different kind of, you know, human being, right. When you enter your twenties. So what was that like to feel this level of just like uncertainty about this? It wasn't something that like ruled my world. Some, I didn't have a hole. I just never understood my childhood. I felt mm. like, I felt like when my mom looked at me, there was something there, like some hate sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I felt I was treated, you know, um, a little bit harsher and I'm the oldest daughter. So I, I, took mm-hmm. that into consideration and thought maybe it's because I'm older and I have, they, they were more strict with me. Um, but there was just something different between me and my sister. And, um, but it wasn't like, again, something was missing. It was just like, I wanted the answer to, in my mind, I felt like I was treated unfairly. They put me in a foster home at one point in, in my, when I was in high school. So there's just some things that were eating at me. And I was like, what, what was it? And I didn't want to, I didn't want to believe that it was me. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So how did that conversation go? So I called her that night and she told me the story and she told me that, that she, um, was raped by a a family friend and that she didn't know that she was, you know, pregnant with me and that she met my dad. So the dad that raised me, he, they, they were living in Germany at the time. And, you know, what's interesting, Kaylin, is I, I called my dad yesterday because I knew we were doing this interview and I just wanted to let him know that I was going to be sharing this story. And I don't even think our whole family knows the story. Mm. Nobody knows it was a secret. It's been a secret my whole life. And so, you know, it was really interesting to also get his version of the story, which is a little bit different of the version that I got from my mom. So mm. I'll, I'll, I'll okay. yeah. tell the version that my mom told me that she was raped and that she didn't, you know, know she was pregnant, met my dad and my dad was in the army in Germany. They met and he told me yesterday that within two hours of, of talking to her, I think he proposed, he either said he knew he wanted to marry her, but I think actually in that two hours, he was like, I'm going to marry you, you know? (sighs) And so, you know, it all happened quite quickly. And this is when she was, she was actually pregnant when she did. Yes. But she didn't know she was pregnant. She didn't know she was pregnant with me. Wow. So she, it happened. And, it, you know, she, and from what she told me, you know, she was a virgin, you know, so when that happened, oh, she got pregnant, didn't know, meets my dad. And, um, so her version of the story is that they, they got married and, um, and she found out she was pregnant and that's what I've been the last, since I've known, you know, I'm, I guess it's been like 20 years, right? Um, It's been like the story that I've been telling. And then he told me yesterday that that she knew before they got married, Mm. which is... um, it just makes it's it isn't really it's it's funny right i've been really thinking about stories and you know and having these two slightly different versions mm-hmm. of the story and um you know he he married her anyway heard her story and <clears throat> excuse me and he married her and um wanted to keep me was very um clear that you know he the way that he said it he was like i may not be the sperm donor but I can't, can't oh. still be your father. He was, he lives wow. in Texas, you know? Yeah. And so he was very, um, and, and then, you know, 
my, she's, she's Arabic. And in that culture, and especially just in my mom's family was very strict, very, very like abusive, very, um, just not, not a lot of freedom. And, um, and especially like something like this happening is, is the worst thing that could have ever happened. So they Mm -hmm. kept me a secret. And, um, my dad jokes that, yeah, we had to tell everybody that, you know, she got pregnant on our, on our honeymoon, on our wedding, on our wedding night, essentially, you know, and then when I, even though wait, so we were born after you must've been born soon after the wedding. Well, I was born about like a couple of months. Um, I don't know if it was two or three months. They, they, what they did, Kaylin, you're going to die. This is so, (laughs) my mom, like, do people not do math? Like, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, what they did is she had me and then she, they hid me. And so she wore a pillow under her clothing and she pretended to be pregnant. So the family wouldn't find out. And then they, I think that they did the, you know, made it up in, I was born a little bit early. So that with me just, you know, being hidden in the apartment and her wearing a pillow and pretending to be pregnant. (laughs) Even as I tell it, it's like, (laughs) Okay, this is just, yeah, I mean, this is fascinating. The lengths, right, that that they went to. And, mm-hmm. and you know, it's like, um, I just, I have some compassion, right, for what it must have been like to go through that and then to be, right, this is, uh, you know, unfortunate in any culture and especially in a culture where it's like, Nope, we do not talk about this. Mm. Yeah. I mean, fast forward to my sister getting pregnant in high school. She was, um, 18. I think she was 17. And when she had Trevor, she was 18. She didn't tell my, her, my grandmother, she didn't tell my mom, didn't tell her mother for like two years that my sister got pregnant and had a baby because she was, it was just not something she felt like she'd go to her family. They'd be so hard on her. Like that was her fault. And yeah, it was really bad. It was really just too much for her. And so, yeah, you know, as growing up as an American being so outspoken and, you know, like being Mm -hmm. able to like share, you know, what I believe and how I feel and my opinions, you know, so she was the complete opposite. It wasn't like that growing up and it was very abusive and very strict. And so, so I, I can see how that's what they felt like they had to do. Right. Wow. A pillow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like hiding me. Like I'm like a screaming baby. <laughs> like a ba- hiding a baby. Oh my gosh. Oh, I cannot yeah. imagine. Yeah. Wow. And just imagine like carrying a baby that's, you know, that is a product of rape, you know, and then having to carry that. And so I was always very curious with, you know, how did that feel? Like, you know, I know when I was pregnant, it's like just so much love and so excited. And so just nothing, pure joy and happiness and you know, and to, I think like about her and how she must've been feeling and Mm -hmm. what, what I felt, you know, being in the womb and even, you know, after I was born. So talking to my father yesterday, it was quite difficult for her to accept me. And, um, and the story that I've been telling, I've got like these two, cause I've got the updated version. The story that I've been telling is that she, they were going to give me up for adoption. Right. I think this is what I told you. And then yeah. I was talking to my dad yesterday and he said they, they actually wanted to, her to have an abortion. Her mom wanted her, her to have an abortion and she was going to, to do it. So my mom, like me hearing that, I didn't think anything about my mom. Mm-hmm. I probably would have had an abortion. Do you know what I mean? So right. her feeling that way doesn't make me feel bad as right. what I'm trying to say. Um, and um, it's just this, yeah, interesting, another twist to the story that I've had to really also sit with to think, okay, this happened. 
right? She, she doesn't know she's pregnant, finds out she's pregnant. She's going to marry this other man. Um, and then, yeah, just, um, the next twist, you know, and, um, well, and so they decided not to have an abortion. Is that, Oh, there's another, (laughs) (laughs) like just trying to track this. It's like tracking the facts. Right. And then there's so much emotion here. Yeah, I know. I meant to say that. And I kind of lost, I lost that train of thought, but yeah. Yeah. So, so this is, this is why I'm so glad I had the conversation with my dad yesterday. And I don't, don't think I've said this, but I don't, I haven't talked to my dad a handful of times in the last 20 years. So I don't really talk to him. Um, I haven't talked to him in the last, haven't seen him in years. Right. And so I think a lot of that was they, my mom and dad got a divorce. And then I kind of, my mom kind of fell into this victim role. And I think I sort of took her side. Right. Mm -hmm. And so he was really a beautiful conversation because he's the one he's the one that told her she's keeping it, keeping it, keeping me, keeping it, (laughs) keeping it, that thing, um, keeping me and that he wasn't going to marry her if she did it. He was like, I don't, he's like, I don't believe in that. I, you know, he's going, telling me this yesterday. And so, yeah. So, you know, so much respect for this man that I, that I don't even talk to and that I, you know, just completely like ignore because of, whatever, you know, and I just felt, felt so good to, to say thank you to him, you know, to really thank him. You know, he stood for me. Oh, I'm just getting full body chills. Yeah. And I just, I never knew it until yesterday that he, that he did that, you know? Claudia. Yeah. Wow. So just that is just pure divinity yeah (laughs) i mean it really is just wild like even today walking around i'm just like like i so easily wouldn't have could maybe shouldn't have been here you know like it's crazy that i'm here and i'm so glad i'm here you know just kind of makes life feel a little bit more special oh my gosh wow yeah. Hmm. What was it like to receive that from him yesterday? I just, it's, you know, what I've been thinking about a lot last night and this morning is just stories. Like we all just have these stories, like they got a divorce and then he met another woman and got a family. And I just made this story that he didn't love me or he didn't need us anymore. And so I just stopped calling him and he didn't reach out to me. And that's just how it's been for 20 years, you know? And, Mm. you know, it's like these, I forgot your question, but, um, it got me talking about stories. (laughs) I just said, how was that? Oh Oh, yeah. 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 So, so just, no, I just said, um, how was it to receive that? Yeah. And then, and then to receive that, I just, um, had so much respect for him and love and just like saw him in just such a different way. And I guess why I brought up stories is because I, I had created the story around who he was, you know, who he is mm-hmm. and it's, it's not fair. And I, and it's just me, I, I just want to sit down with everybody now. It's like how <laughs> much how many times are we just creating these stories and nothing nothing's true you know mm-hmm. it's like and he even my my birth story all of it I have two different versions you know my mom and my dad and my mom she died in December of COVID, from COVID and I can't go ask her you know is any of this true and and at the end of the day it's like does it just does it even matter you know it's just all wild mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, that is um, just so special to ha- like hear the truth and to have that connection that you had yesterday. Yeah, and, and to hear it and to it for me, like 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 I said when I was little, I felt like something was off. 
So then finally, when my mom tells me around 25, 26, that my dad, you know, isn't my biological father, she was so scared that I was going to be mad. And there's just, I wasn't mad. I was just, oh, it makes sense. You know, it's just like, okay, I'm not crazy. I'm not, I, these things I'm feeling like it's not out there. Like it was true. And I said to her, I said, I, okay. I said, growing up, I felt like there were times where you looked at me and it felt like you hated me. Like, is this a possibility? And she's like, probably. Yeah. You know? And so that's why I didn't understand the hatred sometimes or the anger. It just didn't Mm -hmm. feel, you know, didn't match, you know, what was really happening. You're like, where's this coming from? Yeah. And I know that in her culture or how she grew up, there wasn't a lot of affection and she, no one told her Mm -hmm. they loved her, you know? And so I didn't get that either from her. So there's that on top of the other stuff. Wow. Let's just, I just want to, yeah, take, take all of this in and yeah, go really slow here. Um, hmm. Yeah. Just for my listeners, just maybe pause for a moment and just let yourself breathe and just feel, feel that energy just moving through your body and just give yourself a moment to uh, really digest this story that Claudia is so generously sharing with us. Mm. So once you learned this, um, you know, in your mid twenties, you, the, the truth started to come out or at least a partial version, <laughs> partial version of it. Right. That was my uh, truth then. <laughs> for yeah. So how did that impact, like, how did that, what impact did that have on you and your life and just the place that you were in emotionally? You know, growing up the way that I grew up, I, I really wanted to like show them, you know, um, I felt like, you know, we fought all the time. I, you know, after being put in a foster home in high school, like that was really traumatizing for me. I just had, I think I had a lot of anger and I think I went, and we were poor and, you know, we couldn't buy things, certain things. I couldn't have the clothes I wanted, all these things. So for me, it was this like, I don't need you and I'll show you, you know? And I think that was kind of like my drive. I was like, I'm going to fucking make it. I'm going to make money. <laughs> I'm going to like have a life, yeah. a good life. And like, I will, I'm going to show you. And, um, you know, it really took me a long time to realize that and to also, you know, switch up that programming, you know, that pattern of like being with men and being like, okay, fuck you. I don't need you. You know, it's like, that was my like go-to, like I'm independent. I got this, I can take care of myself. And so I think that's how it shaped me. I did, I did whatever I wanted to do when I wanted to do, I made stuff happen and I didn't wait for anybody to help me. Mm-hmm. So I, I really let it fuel me. Mm-hmm. What an ignition. <laughs> <laughs> room cowboy oh my gosh well and and I do also want to talk about the other side of that right because there is a light side of like oh my gosh I get to create my whole world Mm -hmm. right that is like wow to have that and to see that as a gift in your life um you know, just that idea of like, you get to create everything. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also could imagine the flip side of this around like being able, uh, to receive from men or from anyone. How do you want to talk a little bit about your experience of that? 
I think because I didn't get what I needed growing up, I like love, we'll just mm-hmm. say love and affection and that f- like family. Um, I created it because I was thinking mm. like, did this fuck me up? Like, was I all messed up with guys? And yeah, and, and I wasn't. And I think it was because I was so determined to have that, that I, in school, I would create the circle of girlfriends, you know, when I moved to different cities and that was the game changer when I could move to a different city. And it wasn't like my only choice were these kids that I grew up with, you know, I was like, mm-hmm. Oh my God, I can hang out with these people over here. I can go across town and hang out with those. I was, I grew up in a small town, like 8,000 people. And so uh, when I, wait, where'd you grow up in Wellington, Kansas? Oh my gosh. Okay. I think we just totally skipped over this. Okay. Wellington, Kansas. All right. Continue. So yeah. you're, <laughs> Okay. So you're like moving to new cities and, and seeing the power of like, oh, I can make, have all these friends and love and, and love and create family. And I did like every city I moved to, I just had this pot and it was close. It was like bonded, you know, it was before I knew the word sisterhood, but it was just like mm-hmm. family in these different places. And I also want to add that, like, so the first part of my life, like we'll, we'll call it like it was just dark, really dark for me. I mean, I went to school and I was class clown and, and I was, you know, popular and things like that. And my home life was very, very dark. And when I moved away and I started to make friends and I started to know what health was and things like that. And I discovered, you know, just a different way of living. Then it was the light for me, Kaylin. It was like, all about the light. I was in the light, like completely shut down my dark. I was like, bye-bye. And I did not visit it for many years, for like 20 years. I, and people would just be like, how do you do it? You know, you're always just so, you know, and I just shoved it all away for a long time Mm. because I was like, um, never doing that again. Totally. Oh, I'm so, yeah, this is really, um, this is really an interesting, uh, distinction. I think, um, the, like what people do with their darkness and their light. And, you know, if you've spent so much of your life in either your darkness or your light, there's this tendency to come out of that and be like, fuck that. Yeah. That's messy. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, my experience of this is like, I live, I've lived my whole life in the sunshine and the light and right. Um, and, uh, and wow, you know, now I'm on a journey of integrating my darkness, Mm -hmm. but I have a really hard time being with people that just pure light. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm just like, I I cannot, it's a hard, I have a really hard time being with that. Mm -hmm. So Um, okay. So this is interesting. So you just became lightness and what was the impact? Yeah. What was the impact of that? Like on your life and how it occurred for you? I was on fire. Like I, (laughs) I like traveled Mm -hmm. the world. I like picked up, I moved, I just lived my, my life. And I, and I also just want to add that what I'm realizing now, like even in the last year, um, a couple of years ago, I I quit drinking. Um, and now like, I'll, I just want to say, if you, if you're out and you see me, you might see me with a glass of wine because I will occasionally Mm -hmm. have a drink now, but for a couple of years, I didn't drink. And what I realized was why I could be in the light was because I was having a drink glass of wine every day. You know what I mean? From the age of like 12 or 13 to, to just a few years ago, you know, so I was drinking for like 30 years. Um, that's a long time. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not saying I was getting drunk every night. I wouldn't consider myself right. an alcoholic, but I was using it as one of, you know, like you do, if you were to scroll or eat or whatever you, your numbing device is, I, I used alcohol and didn't even realize it until just recently. Cause yeah, I, I could, that's like another part of the story. That's a whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a whole thing. So I just want to add, I was fun. I was having a good time and I traveled and I moved to Thailand and moved to Hong Kong and lived in Singapore for a little bit and moved to Australia. And, you know, I, I 
did what I wanted. Nothing stopped me. No fear. I just, I would hop on a plane in Hong Kong and fly to Burning Man for a weekend. Like I just, yeah, I was in my, my, my light. And then if, and then after I'm going to say after I had my kid, that's when everything came crashing down. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Um, my experience of you is that you have integrated your darkness. uh, Well, that's my, that's the the next part. So 20 years I was in the dark, 20 years, really just in the light, no darkness at all. Uh Um, And then I, when I moved to Australia, that's when things kind of came crashing um, down for me in a way. It was like, had a, I was a mom. I was then I was living in Hong Kong where like I had so many connections and I was a yoga teacher. So I knew everyone, um, you know, I met the man of my dreams. Um, we decided to move to Australia and then it was like, just starting over. And, um, I don't know what, you know what it was. I think it was happening. And then I did my consciousness coaching program. I did a year long program with a spiritual mm-hmm. coach and we got dark. We, we, we did a little investigating and, yeah. and we went there and then I was really realizing for the first time that, whoa, all this stuff is here. It's been here. And I thought I was just like this magical little unicorn that like didn't get sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Um, and what came out like in your darkness? What came out in my darkness? I think it was just, um, sadness and anger and, um, you know, met being messy, um, a lot of money stuff. Mm. Um, just, um, like, what did I, now that it's all up here, I'm like, what, what was, what was hidden? Um, just, just, I wanted to be the, and I was the, just the person that everybody went to, came to, had the answers. I was like, I got you, you know? And, um, I got to be the person that needed support for the first time in a long, long time, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Beautiful. Well, and I know um, just the one sort of maybe last piece of your, um, or one of the last pieces of your story that I just want to hear a little bit about um, is the conversation that you had with your mom before she died this past year. Mm, Yeah. So, you know, she came to visit in February. So right before COVID, actually, right before all of this happened, she came to visit. It's the first time she'd ever visited me, you know, in California. Mm. And so we had a really nice trip and, um, she talked a lot, you know, in the last few years, since I got married, we talked a lot about, um, her childhood, you know, my childhood, um, just, uh, life, you know, um, and I would ask her, like, I, w- I want to tell your story. Like, no one knows what you went through. You know, she ha- went through so much abuse growing up, sexual abuse, physical abuse, mental abuse, like just mm-hmm. every kind of abuse. And and she never known, she never told anybody. She told me. Um, and, and then this story of her being raped and and having me and part of that story and, and which is my story. And I really felt called to share, share my story and, and maybe it was for me and maybe it was for her too. And she just was very, um, not while, not while she's alive, you know, her, um, brothers, you know, and just family would come down on her so hard and she just couldn't handle it and didn't want to face it. Mm -hmm. And so I said, all right. And then I left it. And then maybe, maybe a couple of months, maybe a month before she passed away, she, she was fine is before she got COVID and we were on the phone again. And we actually, you know, just talking more about the story, my story or story. And I said, you know, I really, I really would love to just share, share more of this story. And she was like, she said, no. And I'm like, okay, I'm never going to do anything. You don't, 
want me to do? And she, she said, when I'm die, you can share whatever you want to share. And I, I was like, okay, I'm going to. And she's like, yeah, when I die, you can say whatever you want to say. I'm fine with that. I just can't live with, you know, the impact, impact it's going to have as far as like her family coming down on her. Wow. So, and I got my biological father's name. He lives in Germany. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so there's, that's a, another podcast um and um we have you reached out to him never reached out to him because um never reached out to him and my dad yesterday yesterday said you met you met him when you were little like once you we saw him somewhere and he's like do you remember it's like "Ah, i was little i don't remember you know so he was like not like this you know crazy burglar you know he's like a right he friend was, of the family a friend yeah. of the family yeah so i i when i um my mom died i actually also reached out to her brother and asked for his name and i don't know what i'm going to do with it like i don't feel like it's going to f- fill a hole you know to like find him but i know he has i think he has a couple of daughters and i'm just like well, to have like people that mm. share your you know DNA mm-hmm. is like a trip to think about. So I don't know. Wow. Yeah. Well, I uh I love just how you are with this as a process and really honoring yourself, you know, each step of the way. Mm-hmm. Like deciding, okay, you know what? Yesterday, like I'm gonna call my dad. <laughs> You know, saying to me, like, you know what? Yeah, I do want to share this story on your podcast. You know, just sort of the like the all of the the pieces that you're just allowing, you know, and there's nowhere to get to. Nowhere to get to. And I like that you said that because I told my husband this morning, like, I'm probably gonna talk about this. And he and he kind of had the look on his face, like, like why? Or, you know like you're in it. You're still like in Mm. it. I was like crying this morning to him, kind of telling him what my dad talked about and I talked about. And and I was like, this isn't like, I'm not selling a book. Like I don't have like this perfect story. (laughs) It's just like, I'm in it. I'm living it. I'm sharing it because it's, it's who I am. And I'm, I want to share who I am. And, you know, it's explaining that, that it's not like, I don't have a moral to the end of the story. And, you know, Mm -hmm. if I sit with it, I'm sure there's a, a few you know, lessons here. There's a lot of lessons here. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, I, I just, I just love that. It's like, you're, you are in, you are in process and, and being with it. And I can feel the, um, the tenderness and the love and the thought and the care mm-hmm. for yourself and you know for your mom and mm. you know for for the divine wisdom of this path yeah and just um you know like i i'm i'm here <laughs> you know it's just yeah like, it's like i'm here and i and i love that i'm here you know mm-hmm. yeah. yeah well are there any other um sort of lessons or, or pieces, um, that you've just gotten along the way that you want to, that you want to share? Sort of I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think like we all have a story, you know, I remember doing this, um, I was in a program and we did this exercise where we told the story. We had like two minutes to like write down the bullet points of our life. And mine was started with rape, a rape. And I talked about like these different Mm -hmm. points and when, and then me being put in a foster home and then just like all the like shitty things. Right. And then they're like, okay. And I had like a minute to share it. And then you shared it in first person. And then it was like, okay, now share it in third person. You know, and it's like, oh, you're, it's like a story. There's this girl, she, you know, and you're sharing. And then you had to share the story again. And it was like, share it with like the happy ending, you know, with like the lesson at the end. And it was really interesting. And it was like, so there's so many. And I think that we can look at our life and make it mean. I could have made it 
just me that I'm fucked up and I'm not lovable and, you know, I'm unwanted and all these things, or I can make it mean that like I survived that, you know, and I get to use that as as my purpose. It's a part of who I am, my purpose to go and be a light or, or, you know, help someone, you know, Mm. that's feeling like they were born into some unfortunate circumstances. And, and, um, you know, just real quickly, yeah. I am. Um, I was in India. I think, I don't know if I shared with this with you on the hike, but I was in India. I was doing volunteer work for, um, sex trafficking victims, um, survivors, I should say. Um, and we went in and we did a lot of like yoga and we raised a lot of money and we, we, um, for programs and rehabilitation type programs, dancing, um, art, things like that for these women and teaching them new skills. And anyway, I went to this one, um, place, uh, like, uh, what do you call it? Like where they send the girls to, um, have rehabilitation anyway like a home and there was a girl there it's a young young girl and she had a little baby and um so cute like mm. so beautiful you know and yeah. so she's probably like 14 and she's holding this baby and one of the workers comes up to me and says oh and she kind of whispers to me this girl was raped and she had this little uh. baby and I looked at the woman I go tell that girl that that my mom was raped with- oh I know with me and, and the girl told her in their language. And then she just looked up at me and I, and it it was just this moment of like, you know, it's not the end of the world and like beautiful things can come out of terrible situations, you know? And I think that's the lesson, you know? Wow. I can just imagine being that 14 year old girl she with her eyes like popped out of her head, you know, to like see this woman standing there that seems to, you know, from America put together, you know, it's like, you know, it's like, it's yeah. not the end of the world, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for your generosity, Claudia. Thank you for having me and listening. I've never like talked about it like this and I mean you're getting like fresh off the press stuff that I just information I got yesterday yeah oh my gosh (laughs) it's really 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 special well and I can imagine just um how much this must um bleed into your work as a coach you know, like your stand for women. Oh my gosh. So I'd love um, for you to share, um, you know, a a little bit about your business. I mean, I feel so inspired (laughs) just having heard your, you know, your full story um, through this lens. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I'd love for you to share just about some of the work that you do and, um, and anything that you want people to know. Yeah, I I coach women and my passion right now is group coaching programs. I know you mm-hmm. you also do this, Kaylin, and it's such a mm-hmm. powerful thing to witness. And, um, you know, I can coach somebody one-on-one and when you get in a container with many women holding each other and supporting each other and just being able to hold that space for them has been really, um, just something I could never have dreamed of. And so I love to help women just get out of their own way you know, mm-hmm. I help the woman that has, has maybe been successful and needs to make a pivot or, um, is, 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 um, writing the next chapter of her life, you know, and just not so clear. And I think that's where I come in. I help women get clear. I help them have the courage and confidence to create like Mm-hmm. That, that, that not just their life, but themselves, you know, really step into to who they really are, like fully, like the light, light and the dark and all the things, mm-hmm. ups and the downs. And that's been my like most recent journey of this, like really embracing all of me. And, you know, I don't think until you can do that, you can 
live, live that full life, that rich life. Right. Right. And, um, so I'm just determined. I saw, you know, my mom, like one of our last conversations was around purpose and her not feeling she, you know, found it or lived it, you know, and it it's, was this moment where I was like, she totally did. She was herself, you know, she was herself. And, and a lot of us aren't, you know, we wear the mask and we try to be other things. And even though my mom, you know, at the end of her life, she didn't have a job and she was getting government assistance and, you know, uh, all, all the things she showed up as herself, you know, fully unapologetically. And, um, and so if we could all do that, you know, and then whatever job we get, man, we get woman, we get, um, kid, we get whatever we get, like, at least we are fully stepping into our full power and who we are. And I think that's where I come in. I, t- I help women get there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> well, and you have a retreat happening in August, right? When is that? Yeah. August 21st. I'm having a one day retreat. Yeah. I didn't know when this was going to yeah, be. Aired, this, will, so. this will probably come out before then. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. So um, if women are interested in your group programs or your retreat, um, what's the best way for them to get a whole, get in touch with you? Yeah, they could visit my website. Um, I have a three month group coaching program called Courage to Create. That's kind of my signature program. It, kind of went into what that's about just a second ago. Um, but yeah, like email me or, or, uh, my website, I used to, I just got rid of my Instagram while it was taken away from me. And so I would say like, just go on Instagram and I'm like, they're going to go on there. And I just started an account and it has like 200 people to post. They're going to be like, who is she? Um, great. So yeah, I know. I know. I'm like, who am I without my Instagram? I really, I have this moment of reinvention. Who do I get to be? Amazing. Um, well, we'll put your, you know, all of your uh, info um, in the show notes um, yeah. if people want to get in touch. Yeah. Thank you so much, Kaylin. This has been so oh, special. Thank you, Claudia. I so deeply appreciate you. <laughs> I appreciate you. Thank you. All right. Bye, everybody. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you got something from this episode, please share it with someone in your life and pop on over to iTunes to give us a five-star review. I'm so committed to more people custom creating their sex, relationships, and lives from desire. And this podcast is a big part of that. If you have ideas for the show or want to learn more about working with me as a coach, head on over to my Instagram at Kaylin McDuff or my website, kaylinmcduff.com. See you next time.